Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's the Vols and Boilermakers in the Music City Bowl, one of the solid matchups coming up at the end of the month. Outkick 360 underway, final hour, Monday edition, jam-packed. Uh, today, one of those easiest shows in sports talk radio yep. every year. Love College football these playoff announced, bowl games announced, NFL is packed with storylines and notes, solid Monday night football game tonight. Uh, looking ahead to the, the week to come with some of the matchups in week 14. I mean, there's a lot to get to. Uh, we're right here live at 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. This place is going to be packed on December the 30th prior to kickoff and post-kickoff. Cannot wait for that Thursday uh, here on site. And then across the river, balls and boilermakers. And Chad, we have been hearing Tennessee for a couple of weeks for the Music City Bowl. And it makes total sense that Tennessee will bring a crowd. Purdue is also going to bring a crowd to this game, right? Yep. That's the expectation. This yeah. will be a sellout. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the most consistent matchup that we were hearing for a while was Tennessee versus either Purdue or Penn State. I think Tennessee-Penn State would have been a bigger television draw, had a bigger national audience. Ratings would have been better for that with those two programs. Penn State, though, wasn't going to bring as many fans as Purdue will bring. So this is a better situation and a win for the city of Nashville and the Music City Bowl because attendance is going to go up with Purdue. Purdue could bring twenty to 25,000 fans. They're excited to be here. They're 8-4. and four. This is a, an, an easier trip for them. Purdue fans love Nashville. Uh, Penn State fans aren't as excited about being in a Music City Bowl if that would have been the destination. Would not have sent as many people. And we know the Tennessee situation. Tennessee fans are excited with Josh Heupel. There's obviously a ton of them in the mid-state, in the Nashville area, that you don't have to travel to go right. to a game. I saw a buddy of mine sent me a Ticketmaster screenshot. Club-level tickets went up $200 based on demand the moment Tennessee was announced in this bowl. That's great news for the bowl game. Not great news for your, for your wallet if you're going to this game. But I think it's going to be very well attended, and it's a good matchup. I mean, Tennessee-Penn State, that's a defensive football team against Tennessee. Purdue scores a lot of points. Um, I think it's got a chance to be a shootout. Paul, you're not as excited. I, I'm not as excited. We hadn't talked much about Purdue in the buildup. You know, we had talked about Clemson. We had talked about Wake. A uh, couple other teams that we had talked about. Those would have been in other bowl other, games. Other yeah, in other, in other bowl games. <laughs> right. in, in other bowl games. Um and I, I just was, when I, you know, I was out of the loop yesterday when I got home, I was scrolling through a CBS sports story that was kind of, you know, revealing one at a time. And I was waiting to get to Tennessee's and then I saw Purdue and I was like, yeah, of all of the teams that we had <laughs> talked about, Purdue wasn't on the list. And when I saw it, I just, I, I was disappointed. It'll be a big day here and it could be a great game. But in terms of a measuring stick game for, for UT 
and kind of what I wanted to see. It wasn't wasn't something I was anticipating. They, you know, they averaged just 28 points per game on the season, but against Iowa and their defense, when Iowa was hot, they hit those big plays. Did the same against Michigan State, so they have two solid wins. Big wins. Big wins. Uh, during the course of the season where they played upset. And they messed things up, yeah, badly for two good teams. Yeah, and you know, did a great challenge beat for the, Tennessee. Beat the second-ranked team in the country twice. Beat right. Iowa when they were number two, beat Michigan State when they were number two. So they're, they're a giant killer. Um, you look at some other outcomes this year, 27-13 loss to Notre Dame, 20-13 loss to Minnesota, uh, got blown out by Ohio State, 59-31, some not-so-stellar outcomes. Uh, crazy, too, to see Purdue open as a three-point favorite. It immediately swung to Tennessee minus three. Six-point swing in less than 24 hours. People jumped on that line when they saw that and took Tennessee well, another, on the money line. It, <clears throat> has mo- it has moved the line six points since it was announced. It was the fastest team they would have played. But another another thing, um, I, real quick, Paul, that I want to bring up on that line is Bell. Their top wideout is talking about foregoing the game and going to the combine. That would help Tennessee. That's, that's another factor. That would also help Tennessee because, well, I don't know if he's announced that yet or not, but David Bell, he's, let's see, 93 catches, 1,200 yards, and what, six or seven touchdowns. That's a, that's a fact. That helps Tennessee because the guy who would have been covering Bell, Alante Taylor, there. is not playing. There you go. He's getting ready for the draft. He's got a foot injury. He could have played, but he's opting out of the bowl game. And, and th- those guys won't be the last. There will be other no, players. no. And that, that, that will affect a lot of these matchups. Yeah. And that's what we don't know with all this. And it's very difficult to predict bowl games and, and really dig in and preview bowl games because... The want-to factor. Yeah, on one hand, you've got a team that's very, in some cases, very excited to reach the postseason. They end the season on an upswing, right? And then normally they're playing a team that lost uh, a, a battle to win their conference or attend their conference championship game and they fall back into the pack and end up as a consolation prize going somewhere else than what they wanted to do. Maybe that's a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, m- maybe that's a college football playoff. Whatever it might be. Um, in this case, both teams should be pretty pumped about where they are. Well, you know about halftime of these bowl games which if you've got which? a level of interest from both teams. And it's exciting. It's fun. You know, it, it is an exhibition, but it's exciting when you get two teams who care and clearly want to win. You get a great back-and-forth second half in some of these games. But about half to 60% of the games, you also know pretty quickly when one team doesn't really care. And it's going to be a blowout, and you don't know which games where those will happen. Um, I wouldn't expect Tennessee or Purdue to fall in the camp of not caring in the bowl game and, and not playing to win. But I've been surprised before Tennessee by these should games. Care. Tennessee should absolutely care. Also, a lot of talk about Hendon Hooker and whether or not he's going to come back. Um, I have been told to wait until after the bowl for an official announcement, but Tennessee fans will probably be very happy. Ball quest guys decision. both felt like uh, on on Friday that they that that would go a good direction. I would say the same about Cedric Tillman. While not as certain as Hendon Hooker, well, I don't, they think, Tillman I, I don't would think they're be... connected at all. But I think Cedric Tillman will probably come back too. I like the chances of Hooker coming back more than Tillman, but I think. Tennessee fans should be excited about both. I, I, I'm not saying they're connected. I don't know anything about they're connected, but I would think Tillman would be less likely to want to come back if he didn't oh, know who I the think quarterback so was. I mean, Tennessee's <clears throat> got four or five offensive linemen coming back. Uh, if they get Cedric Tillman back, Hendon Hooker back, Tyon Evans was their best player at running back who's transferring, but he was hurt 
the majority of the year. Didn't really get to see a lot of him. You got Jabari Small coming back at running back. They're going to bring in other guys. Jalen Wright, a year older. Jalen Hyatt should take a big step next year. And this offense should. I thought he should be a bigger factor this year also. But he should be big time next year. Tennessee should be very, very good on offense. They were very good on offense this year. They should be even better in year two under Heupel uh, with Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman coming back if they decide to come back. Paul, you, know, you asked what who's the fastest team they face. It was it would have been Ohio State. Talk about Purdue. Yeah. Um, Ohio State put up 59 points on them, I believe. Uh, over 600 yards of total offense. Uh, they put up... Uh, Wisconsin ran for 290 yards. Ran right at Purdue's defense for 290 yards. But the, the speed factor of Ohio State is the fastest team they would have yeah. faced. I, I, and that's a good answer to my question. But I'm talking also, like, have they played anybody that plays with pace Tennessee's play? pace? Probably <clears throat> no, not. that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, and that answer, too, is probably Ohio State. Yeah. Probably, yeah. And they don't play like Tennessee plays in terms of pushing it to, no. to get three plays a minute. I'm excited for that. If, you, uh, if you're in town, if you're watching across the, the Mid-South, Mid-State, we let got us know your pregame yeah, spot. Right here, 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Burrell, Smoky Moonshine, and we'll have some live broadcast that day as well for those outside of the area uh, with uh, full bowl coverage. Bowl games are going to be a blast here. At this, at this place, because oh, yeah. we can set up shop and host the show, keep you updated throughout the afternoon on all the bowl games uh, that will be kicked off. North Carolina and South Carolina will face off in the Belt Bowl that morning. Now that's a good, and so fun. The, so the 30th, game. on the on, on Thursday, December 30th, you have North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte. That's a, that'll be a well-attended game. It's perfect. I mean, it's, it's on perfect. the line. <laughs> they it's also perfect. meet right there on the state line. You have Tennessee and Purdue in the afternoon here in Nashville, and then the night game is the Vegas Bowl. Chad, you'll have to help me on who's there. Wisconsin's playing someone. Vegas Bowl on December 30th is Wisconsin-Arizona State. Thank you. Uh, that's the West Coast night game. That is a 9.30 p.m. That's the triple header. Central time start. They kick off right after the Music City Bowl concludes. Well, you've also well, got... A later than that. What time does Music City Bowl kick off? I mean, that's a big day. you got Pittsburgh, Michigan it's 4 State. 4 o'clock Eastern, I think. Pittsburgh, Michigan State, also on December 30th. The 2 o'clock Central kickoff, excuse me. Pittsburgh, Michigan State? Yeah, Pittsburgh, Michigan State, 6 p.m. ESPN. Oh, so there you go, four, four games. Yeah, four games. yeah that That's day features North Carolina, South Carolina at 10.30 a.m. Central. Tennessee, Purdue at 2 p.m. Pittsburgh, Michigan State, 6 p.m. Wisconsin, Arizona State, 9 Feels like a day most people should be off. Feels like a day you should be here at 6th and Peabody yeah, with us. Off, here. Celebrating. And then the next morning, Wake Forest battles Texas A&M in the tax layer. At 10 a.m. Central. Yeah, 10 a.m. Central. That then there's a couple of other games I, I'm not interested in. That game sounds Miami and Washington State doesn't is, do it for this me This is now. new, right? I, I still feel like even in bowl games, they start at 11 a.m. Central. At earliest, I'm seeing 10 and 10.30 a.m. start times. Days are getting longer, Chad. Have you not heard? That's it. This is, this is <laughs> days, new for days Central are growing. Time. Yeah, Wake Forest, Texas A&M. It all started with Washington that. State, Miami. It all started with that crazy time on the Tennessee Vandy kickoff. What was that, 2.45? That was... That's when they said, kickoff yes, times be damned. That was, that was 2.45. going crazy. They met right in the middle, 2.30 and 3. The traditional start times, <laughs> we're going to kick this one off at 2.45. New Year's Day Bulls, Penn State, Arkansas. Interesting. So, was it Penn State, Purdue? Like, did Outback chose Penn State? So, Purdue, Purdue ended up here? 
Is that how it worked, or was it Vegas that had the option on the Big Ten school? Because Music City Bowl wanted Tennessee. Yep. And I, I don't we, think, we can get this clarified later this week. I don't think week. Vegas – I think Vegas was in line ahead of Music City. On the Big Ten for school. For the Big Ten school. So they selected Wisconsin. Outback definitely is ahead of Music oh, City yes, for with sure. Big Ten. So they got Penn State over yep. Wisconsin. Yep. That's how it would have worked. Gotcha. Iowa takes on Penn Kentucky. State, yes, Penn State went out back, Wisconsin, Guys, Vegas, and then it was... What's the? Do you Purdue. have the lines pulled up by chance right yes, here on the scores? Yes. What's the over-under? Do you have that? For which game? For Penn State, or excuse me, for Iowa-Kentucky. Iowa-Kentucky <laughs> over-under yeah. is 45. <laughs> wow. In a bowl game. Kentucky's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 45. <laughs> also, Oklahoma State-Notre Dame over-under 45-and-a-half. On that same day. Kansas Kansas State takes on LSU. Kansas State, LSU. Yep. That doesn't get me going. And then uh, the rest of the New Year's Day slate, Baylor, Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. That'll be good. Rose Bowl is Ohio State and Utah. That will be good as well. Utah has boat raced Oregon now. Just flat out whipped them twice in three weeks. And now they get Ohio State, a team that Oregon won against. And uh, Notre Dame takes on Oklahoma State that Chad just mentioned there in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that is another New Year's Day Oklahoma game. State blows them out. It's a bummer for the Barstool Bowl, the first ever Barstool Bowl. That's Central Michigan and Boise State. They're going head-to-head with the college football playoff. <laughs> New Year's <laughs> Eve at 1 o'clock, it's Central Michigan, Boise State. At 2.30, <laughs> it's Cincinnati, Alabama yeah. to kick off the college People football People will watch playoff. the first hour and a half while they loosen up for the playoff. Just uh, a brutal stretch here. It's, it's also just on Barstool Digital, that game. It's not on a TV network. All right, people won't loosen up. I don't think people are going to find that. So the first, It's a good experiment. It's an interesting experiment to see if they will. First bowl game, I believe, is December 17th with MTSU – it is. Against Toledo. Going to the Bahamas. Yeah, the you Bahamas. Taking Claire? No. Look, I, th- this this is one of those games where. Are they fired up to play? I mean, I, I hope so because they're spending money to go. I mean, they're going to lose money as a program going to this game. Well, the first uh, bowl game involving an SEC team is December 22nd Missouri versus Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah, I'm not excited. You? Army's a three and a half point favorite. Well, Eli Drinkwitz dressed like a Jedi if they beat Army the after the game. And while we're, while we're talking ball games, an interesting um, under-the-radar high-scoring affair, if you just want just pure entertainment, Western Kentucky against Appalachian State. Uh, that is December the 18th, right out of the chute here. That will be a high – I don't know what the over-under is on that. That will you take the over. Whatever the line is, take the over. Eight and five Western Kentucky that will just put up points. Appalachian State does the same. That'll be a fun game to watch. Well, and then Paul will be attending the UTSA San Diego State game in Frisco. Yeah, that's a big one. He'll be Paul. covering that on the twenty first. I love the big ball. It's a big ball. Frisco. <laughs> it's a, uh, not a lot of people count Frisco in when they're counting Texas cities, but I love it. Yeah, middle back in the. Uh, the, the bowl game where it's so just practically money? unreachable. Well, I mean, you got to travel the entire team to the Bahamas, and then, I mean, no one's going. Yeah, but don't they have to pay you money? No. No. I mean, they, they, Well, they pay them something. They well, just don't have to pay them a lot. Yeah, they, but they, they don't have to make it work where they balance the books. Trust me when I say you, it, take, it, it costs quite a bit to send your program to oh, the I'm, Bahamas. I'm sure. 
Um, and they're not, they're not, I'm sure the Bahama Bowl is not welcoming the entire program. By program, I mean band, right. dance team, uh, every, you know, uh, you're going to travel the entire roster. You think MTSU will send all of those people? Normally they do. I mean, that's, that, that's a reward for them too. I mean, they've been doing, they did that for the Hawaii Bowl, which they played in a couple years back. Damn, going to some destinations here. Makes up for yeah, some play, of the they destinations They play nowhere locally. Uh, that's, yeah, I wish we could go to some of these games, but, you know. Uh, the, the, the days of, um, Reed, the days of the, what bowl was it in Louisiana that was played at the Superdome? The New Orleans Bowl. The New the, Orleans Bowl. Thank the, you. Yeah, the R&L Carriers. The R&L Carriers. There you go. <laughs> that one. And, then, and then the Motor City the Bowl. Motor City Bowl. Those days are long gone. Now it's Hawaii or Bahamas or bust. Yeah, and 90% of these teams, At these least programs, are losing money to go to bowl games anyway. They're not making yeah. – these aren't profitable propositions for these teams. It's just – it's something to There's do. There's a lot what of you power five programs that lose money. What do you get in the games? gift bag in Hawaii or uh, – I, it's got to be better than one. I I don't remember getting anything when uh, I attended the Motor City Bowl in Detroit, except no, for no getting motorcycle? out of Detroit as soon as possible. Yeah, that was the gift. That was the gift. <laughs> I did you. I did not get shot in Wayne County, uh, Michigan. They gave you the a gift. knife to fight your way out of the city limits. <laughs> it's the first time I laid eyes on Canada. We we, we and you thought about we making bust, a run for Yeah, it? I thought about running over there. We we bust. We did a uh, a road rally to Detroit. Uh, in college, and uh, I remember just driving up through Detroit. It was like, oh, by the way, r- straight ahead, right across the the river here is uh, right across from the hotel. There's Canada. Remember and when you look over there? You go, it looks much better than here. Remember when? <laughs> we remember when Reed was taken nicer. to Canada through the tunnel into Windsor, and they said, oh, well, yeah. "What are you here for?" And he said, "Just visiting." Just visiting. <laughs> just visiting. I heard there was a nice Applebee's over here. Just, <laughs> just visiting. <laughs> And sure enough, I had it, I ate at Applebee's in Windsor. It was was just, it any different? It was just it was just as crappy as an Applebee's <laughs> here in the United States. Every bit, yeah. Except it was in Canada, hey, which we, made it worse. We know how to, we know how to export. Would go to Canada to take in the Applebee's. We know how to. We know the how to export. Chicken tenders just hit different there. Okay. Yeah. We know how to They've export. got the secret Canadian Applebee's yeah. menu. They've got different appetizers <laughs> on, as options. It's in Canadian. Hey, I, I, I'm actually excited about the Gasparilla Bowl this year between UCF and Florida. I like it when they make really? teams hey, play each other uh, <laughs> that, that otherwise wouldn't play each other each that other. are in-state. Uh, Chad, your thoughts on BYU and their fan base traveling to Shreveport. <laughs> uh, That's gonna, the Independence Bowl this year. They're going to convert some people to Mormonism <laughs> in Shreveport. That's a, probably, I'm guessing, a highly Catholic area, uh, but they're going to they're gonna spread their Mormon, uh, their Mormon gospel down to Shreveport. There. They'll make curfew. Coming up, we will get into uh, the Titans coming off their bye week and the stretch run now for the top teams in the AFC, the the, the NFL playoff picture. But we'll compare the Titans schedule to some other teams and who you should be on the, the lookout for if you're a fan of anyone trying to claim that top spot, that bye as the number one seed in the AFC. Right now, the hottest team, New England, and then there's Kansas City. Where are the rest of those division leaders? We'll discuss next. The NFL playoff picture shaping up with one game remaining in week 13. I'll kick 360 rolls on tonight. It's New England taking on Buffalo in Buffalo, where uh, in, in Orchard Park, it is uh, it's quite the the wind gust up to 65 miles per hour, swirling winds. 
I was, you know, I, I, I said yesterday, uh, early in the show, uh, what's Josh Allen like with the wind at his back? I'm not sure it'll ever be at his back. To David Reed's credit, he points this out, and he's right. <laughs> Having been there, we've all been. Um, it is not straight-line winds. This is a swirl that does not stop inside the bowl of that stadium. And <laughs> based on the way the wind is blowing the rain right now, not going to be fun. ESPN's already they they put it up. They've already removed the the field cam, the over the head sky cam. Sky cam. Thank yeah. you. They they removed that. They took that down. Look, yeah, it could have been dangerous with that thing up there. Uh, you know, we don't know if that weather will uh, if the rain part of that weather will keep up tonight, but the wind certainly will. So, there's uh, there's videos surfacing right now. We were looking at during the break that. It does not look pretty. Josh Allen's got you a strong You can see the arm. precipitation in the lights of the stadium, and it is just whatever that precipitation is, rain or a mix of snow or whatever, blowing hard. Josh Allen's got a strong field. arm. They're going to throw it anyway. They're going to have to throw it anyway because they run it so poorly. Patriots can run it. So uh, factor that in as you will into your expectations for tonight. Right now, and the Patriots are about to go into their bye week, um, if they win tonight, they'll pick up their ninth win. They'll be nine and four. Right now, they're already the number one seed in the AFC. They are on the road facing the number five seed in the AFC in Buffalo. The Bills right now are seven and four. They've had their bye. They can pick up their eighth win of the season. And right now, New England's eight and four. Buffalo would allow the Titans, if I'm correct, yeah, Paul. Yeah, I think you're correct. To jump into the number one seed based on their conference record, if which Buffalo would be wins. five and three. Now Cincinnati would have a five and three conference record, but they they're seven and five. If the Bills win tonight, New England, Buffalo as a second place team, Baltimore, the Titans, and the Chiefs, five teams in the AFC would have eight wins. Eight and all would be eight and four. That's a five way. Tie and the Titans would be number one there on a five and three conference record. And again, Titans fans should be crushing themselves because two of those three conference losses are to the Jets and the Texans. Yep. Now one of them legitimate to to New England, but they still would would by that you know a narrow margin have that. Now New England would fall to eight and five. But their conference record would be six and two, so they'd still have that a great tiebreaker. But they'd be a half a game behind. Right now, twelve of the sixteen teams in the AFC are five hundred or better. Which you know, th- there's a lot of buzz right now about the Miami Dolphins. Miami came out of the gates really slow. Yep. I mean, their record has just crushed them because they've had to. They've had no margin for error. They have won a lot of games. I mean, they they are now six and seven. They've got a bye week, and when they turn from the bye week, they play the Jets. So they're about to get to 500. The problem with that is they're currently 13th in the seeding for the AFC at 6-7. and seven That's crazy. Because of all the parity going on and all of the back-and-forth maneuvering, one team wins one week, then the, char- the Chargers get blown out, then they go on the road and they beat, beat the, Bengals, the Bengals, who blew out the Steelers. It's crazy. Um, it's the, fun. Then the Steelers knock off the, the Ravens. The Titans lose to the Texans and the Jets. There's I only mean, three bad teams in the AFC. The Jets are three and nine. The Texans are two and ten. And the Jaguars are two and ten. Everybody else has at least six wins. They're all right in the thick of the playoff hunt. 
Every other I mean, team. They, they le- legitimately, if you go on a three-game run, if you're one of those other teams, mm-hmm. you've got a, a very fair chance, a very reasonable chance of that seventh uh, team. And, and this is very much like the baseball thing. Baseball expanded the playoffs, right, because they wanted everybody to be interested for as long as possible. That's certainly the case. In the AFC playoff picture. That, that right worked now. for everyone except for the Orioles. <laughs> they, just right, yeah. they just can't find a way to keep the Orioles. Just can't keep them interested after that, that initial April surge that we yeah. see every year from April, the Orioles. April, maybe a week in May. As Hutton says, you don't want to play the Orioles in April. You don't. That's our month. That's the uh, month. The Chiefs, though, are the team that's going to eventually, I think, be at the top of the conference. Yeah, they're playing they're, very, they're great. Their defense now well. is, is leading the way. Mahomes... Mahomes had his first rushing touchdown yesterday for the first time since week one. But no now passing three touchdowns. three and four in the conference. Three and they and went four easily. in the conference. But they've got conference games left, obviously. Yeah, Mahomes did not play well yesterday. I mean, his, his passer yeah. rating was putrid. But I, I look at KC at, at four. They're currently the four seed at eight and four. Um, but when you look ahead to – so you got the Patriots who have the Bills coming up twice over the next three weeks. You have the Titans who are really banged up, although a schedule that's – very, even though they're banged up, the schedule that they have in front of them, even though those teams were healthy, they would have a good chance to compete. The teams ahead of them, translation, not that good. And then Baltimore, who is always in a close game. Now, they have a kicker that is excellent and a quarterback that is capable of driving down the field with the game on the line and getting you a score. And it was off the fingertips to win the game yesterday. But the Ravens aren't as good as Kansas City's playing right now. Kansas City is about to race to the top of this thing, I believe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Titans injury-wise, Julio Jones, who's missed three games. Racy McMath, who's forgotten about, missed seven games. Dane Crookshank missed three games. All activated to practice this week. They could come off IR at the end of the week. Plus, how about this list? Rashawn Evans, David Long, Greg Maben, Nate Davis, Jeremy McNichols, Tier Tart, and Ola Adeni. All missed the Patriots game or more going backwards. Mm-hmm. Just had a bye week of rest. All could resurface this week. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They could have access to 10 guys this week. They did not have access to a week ago when they played in New England. That's a and ridiculous that is, that is amount. Needed. That of, is needed of, of for this guys. team. Now, I'm not saying all 10 will be back. Uh, and also, uh, Janoris Jenkins suffered an ankle injury in New England that we don't know much about. He could disappear. Um, here's one thing I wrote today that I think is important in terms of the Titans. Of all of the guys that they've had go on to IR this season, who have come off IR this season, 11. We always expect it to be a three-week stay, right? Because we're optimistic. Oh, a guy's gone on IR, could only be three weeks, you know, because that's right. the minimum. Only one guy that's gone on IR has come off after three weeks. Lorel Murchison had an elbow injury. All the rest have been four, five, six, seven, even eight. So, look, I'm hopeful Bud Dupree's abdominum, uh, abdomen is, is only a three-week thing. I'm hopeful A.J. Brown's chest is only a three-week thing. But I think we're universally presuming that. And that may well not be – Bud – Bud Dupree could have torn something in his his stomach and have had some serious surgery. A.J. Brown could have cracked a rib or a, a sternum or something and be well, out Rappaport for a long time. Well, Rappaport, one of them reported that A.J. Brown was going to be back in mid-December. Yeah, okay. But 
we don't know anything for sure. And our tendency in these new injury rules is to always presume three weeks. And for in the Titans case, it's yeah. very rarely been that's the thing. And the hamstrings we know about, these other injuries, we don't. So cross your fingers. But like in Bud Dupree's case, we don't know anything about anything. Titans open as an 11.5-point favorite over Jacksonville. That was the line that yeah. I saw. Listen, we're uh, – Seems about you know, right. Seems about right. But we know what happens. The Rams just beat them by 30. Yeah, what seems about right for and the Colts. That, the Colts just slapped around the Texans too, though. So yeah, we yeah. know what about the Titans. And Again, teams. seems about right for a team that just lost uh, going away by the, to the Texans. So you know, Trevor. <laughs> you know, Trevor Lawrence, rookie quarterbacks generally have uh, you know one of those signature moments of a season that you try to build on. Might as well do it this week against the Titans. Um, no time like the present. Yeah, when well, we saw it in New York, have at it. The Titans are cool with that. Jacksonville is uh, averaging, allowing 26.7 points a game, scoring 15 a game. So that's about 11 and a half that they should win by just on their scoring uh, averages offensively and defensively. Um, on the NFC side for the playoff picture, it is stacked at the top. Consistency at the top. And we just discussed the, uh, the AFC, how it's just topsy-turvy. Arizona's 10 and 2. They're 7-0 on the road this year. They're your number one seed. They're number one in the NFC West. And they've survived their injuries. Green Bay, 9-3 and in the, in the two seed. And they're about to get some strong help back on defense. I, I wrote this down earlier on one of these sheets Oh, well, here. they're uh, Zadarius Smith, right? Zadarius Smith's back or coming back soon. Uh, Jair Alexander is coming back soon. Stud and th- then they, ha- they hope to have Bakhtiari back at tackle, who's one of the best tackles in they've football. They've been waiting on him all year. So they're about to have three legitimate all-pro contenders back into their lineup, um, and they're currently the two-seed in the NFC. That sets them up. Tampa Bay is at three. They just throttled yesterday, throttled Atlanta. Uh, They continue their strong play. But they've got – and Godwin had a terrific game, but they may be adjusting the life without Antonio Brown. Could be, yeah. There's some talk that they may part ways with him. Um, Although Arian well, says they're not going to, ad- yeah, he's, they're not going to even address it until he's un- not suspended any longer. Yeah. So in three weeks, yeah, th- they, that, may, they may just address it by cutting him At in three weeks. Three that weeks. may be the addressing of the. Well, can you not situation. cut a suspended player? You can. Okay. Well, why pay him or why why keep him around? Well, I think it's suspended without pay. Um. Cowboys are at four, eight and four in the NFC. By the way, did you see the ratings for that Thursday night football game? Dallas dominates Imagine ratings. Imagine if there were no penalties in It that is game. unbelievable the millions that tune in to watch them weekly TV, on national TV. TV gold. Yes. Uh, no matter where they play. Um, they're the four seed. And then here's the Rams. The Rams are very inconsistent, but luckily for them, they get the Jags to get back on track, and they get to eight and four after their slide. Lost three straight, played Jacksonville, get right. They're back in at the five seed. Washington continues to have the hot hand. Taylor Heineke. Uh, Which is crazy. Is this enough for you to buy Taylor in, Heineke? In a, in a, right I now, bought in last week. But right now, buy or sell long-term quarterback. Well, the, it, his, Washington is very similar to Miami right now. If either team makes the playoffs, they have their quarterback moving forward. If, if Miami finds a way to win in to the postseason, Tua right now is completing over 80% of his passes. Uh, he's protecting the football. What length? 
Paul, it doesn't matter. They're winning. Oh, I know. If they make the postseason, I mean, Kirk Cousin, have you seen the numbers Kirk Cousin puts up? It's monster numbers, and he dinks and dunks down the field. Um, point being but they here. Lose. Point, well, again, it's not all in Kirk Cousins. They also have a head coach who goes into zone coverage on the game-winning play. I mean, zone behind, behind the guy in the end. Um, point being here, if Washington or Miami reach the postseason, I don't know how they don't have their quarterback for next year. Um, that doesn't mean they can't draft somebody. But the Deshaun Watson trade talk to Miami, to me, if Miami makes the postseason with Tua... And Flores is their coach. They're not changing quarterback. I could see it more with Tua. I, I have a hard time buying Heineke. I mean, the first half of this year, he sucked. I have a hard time buying either one of them, but I do think if they make the playoffs, they're the quarterback Get next year. It's a year-to-year proposition for a lot of these guys. But that gives them – the plan is then they're coming back. They're the franchise quarterback in 2022 if they lead the, their team to the – the playoffs. No, the bubble teams right now. You've got uh, the 49ers. So I don't. I don't. Uh, they're still in the postseason right now. The bad I, loss yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was rough losing to Seattle. It's always tough to go to Seattle and win, but that that's a you're playing a three win at the time. A three win. Seattle's Seattle really team. bad. Yeah, you you got to win that game. They didn't. Uh, 49ers are the seven seed, followed by the Eagles, who are also hot right now. China they just and I both like the Eagles to get in. Well, Gardner Minshew coming in. I mean, I know, it's, again, it's the Jets. But they did what they had the game to do. is the backup. Look, we can't, I mean, we're crushing the Titans for I, losing I to Houston and the Jets. So when you beat the Jets, that counts. You got to get the job done. And you got it done with your backup quarterback. I give them credit. Well, that, but they get a chance. So they now have a chance to go prove it. I, I'm curious. I'll find out the line. The Eagles are hosting Washington now. The winner of that game will be in the postseason next week. The loser will be the Well, here's – I don't buy Washington, and maybe I'm foolish to not buy them. I don't buy them. I don't buy the Eagles necessarily, but I buy their back stretch of the season. Path. Started with the Jets. Then they've got, they've got their Washington. bye week. They've got a late bye week to get ready for Washington at home. And they got the Giants. I think they win that one. Giants, Washington again, Dallas. One That's their game. close of the season. They still have Washington twice in New York. I like the path, too. And then at the, at the bottom feeders here, Vikings are done. They lose. You lose to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, they're, Zimmer's done. That was. Let's get back seven. to the defensive plan on that final play. That was so easy for a pass of that distance to yes. the end zone on a buzzer beater. You, you know they have to score a touchdown. It's like they were playing prevent and they were 70 yards from the end zone, and they was, you're going to let them catch it in front of you and try to go tackle them. That was mind-blowing. Bizarre. bizarre. They, and they, they, they have now played in the, the Vikings. They have now played... 10 of their 12 games have been decided by 7 or less this season. That's usually the sign of a team that's close. But the Vikings are a veteran team, right? You need to be beyond being close, oh, yeah. and you can't lose I the know. close one to Detroit. No, you can't lose that game. Um, and Atlanta loses, so they're now they they were right right around the playoff bubble. They're now pretty far down there. They're down there with the Saints. Yeah, but look, Atlanta's overachieved for its sure. talent. We know that. I mean, for Atlanta to be in the in the hunt group is impressive. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick three sixty. Um, there's lot on Twitter right now. They're live tweeting. 
the wind gust? No, I, I, I've got one to show you guys during the break. Right That's now, incredible. the highest wind gust in Buffalo um, at Orchard Park, in Orchard Park, 52 miles per hour, who's was just recorded it? at the stadium. Whoa, who's tweeting it? I'm going to show you something during the break you guys are going to want to see. It's a Patriots player in, it just in warm-up gear on the field, and it's a great shot to show the contrast of someone standing still right now, trying to stand still in the middle of the field. We've got that coming up on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Coming up tomorrow, John McClain and Glenn Gilbo will be on the show. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Shout out to Jacob Swanson, Jonathan Moulton, David Reed, the chairman of the board. Flat out getting it done. Withrow, um, explain what you're seeing in Orchard Park, New York right now with the Buffalo Bills home stadium. I don't even know what they call it anymore. Um, and the, the weather conditions. Do they call it? I'm seeing a weather catastrophe taking place right now. <laughs> At least you're seeing game. snow. There's snow. Big fluffy snow. There's wind. If you're watching us right now, you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Look at this. Uh, there is a great video taking place, and we're showing you one that's got you know camera guys and some players walking around, but it is a swirling wind, I guess you would call it. Oh, yeah. But snow going everywhere, and there was uh, one video that I saw of a Patriots player that was just out there looking miserable, eyes closed with the snow hitting him in the face, wind blowing, and just flippantly punted the football light and turned away. And I told you guys, I said, watch where this football goes. They punted it and right. And he punts it right, and it hits the middle of the frame and takes an immediate left turn. I mean, the, the wind is blowing the ball on the turf as it hits the turf. It just goes left. When you dream when of bad hits. weather games, the weather that's going on right now is what you dream of. So pray that it continues for a couple more hours. Yeah, we're two, over you know two and a half hours away right now from kickoff. So my only fear is that it calms down before kickoff because I want to see all the bad weather in this game. All Bring us of it. all of it. Paul, um, Corey Davis headed to IR. He is done for the year. He is having surgery, according to reports, having surgery on his abdomen. Core muscle. Um, you know, look, I, I, that sounds painful. I haven't looked at his numbers lately. I think he had a reasonable season for the Jets. He's on a horrible team. Uh, he got huge money. He didn't play huge money football. Um, and I think most of us uh, who followed the Titans closely presumed that he wouldn't live up to the contract, and the Titans were wise not to pay him that level of money. Uh, well, it's unfortunate it, he's wise, with five to go. Wise to not go. to pay him. The Titans have sucked offensively without him, to yeah. his credit. Yeah. Their wide receiving core have not been the same. But he also disappeared at the end of the year last year, which was a oh, really did, yeah. bad way for him to finish um, the Green Bay game and beyond. And then he was on the bench for the second half of the, the Baltimore fiasco in the playoffs, kind of without explanation. But even knowing that, there's no way of going hindsight here that you would trade. At the time, it was, oh, you, I trade Corey Davis for Julio Jones? No. Corey Davis played no. more than Julio Jones this year to this point. Julio Jones has five games here, five, to, he's, uh, to he's save played in, it. He's played in, oh, yeah, five games left, but he's played in six of 12. Yeah. Now, if he has a big five games here and goes and does something in the playoffs, he could turn out to be better player than Corey Davis was this year. Now, I don't think any of us are expecting that. What but, did Josh Reynolds get done yesterday in that big Lions win? Do we have a stat line? I saw him celebrating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Oh, he's a celebrator. I don't, Is I, he? I, I wouldn't. 
I, I, I cannot stop thinking about the shirt that said absent about his entire being. <laughs> you love even, oh, well, even he, was there, he was out there celebrating. Even during the celebration, I would think he was absent. He was thrilled as though you thought he had been there for the one ten oh, and one season. He's, he's been there, you know, for six years with that right. franchise. He's actually know. been he's there a, for he's, a, he's a program guy. Bob Stoops will love Josh Reynolds. He's actually Big doesn't quit guy. on anyone. Been there for three games. Yeah, four. Uh, four games now. All right. They're, they're, they're batting 250 with Josh Reynolds. <laughs> he he br- brought him a winning culture. He had uh, four receptions for yeah. 69 yards. Seven targets Don't in the laugh game. laugh at that. 17.3 yard average. Titans could use that. Too bad yep. that guy was never here. 23.3 yard average against the Bears. We never saw the Bears. any glimpse of that guy. Um, the magic number for the Titans to win the division, by the way, is three. Um, yeah, so their lead is 1.5 games right now, st- standings-wise, plus the tiebreaker, so it makes it two and a half. So it's any any combination of Titans wins or Indianapolis losses adding up to three. So you can have two Titans wins and one Indy loss, two losses, one Titans win, doesn't matter here. Now, only one of those scenarios can happen this coming week because the Colts are going into their bye week. So the Titans can take care of one of those three options by beating the Jags. And then when Indy comes back, they play New England. Uh, They will then travel to Arizona. And then they play Las Vegas. And then they wrap up the season against Jacksonville. So it's not an easy stretch for the Colts. When you look at the Titans schedule, I I said last night on on Channel 5 with Layman guys, I said, um, he asked me what the expectations were for this Titans team prior to the postseason because the assumption is they're going. So over the final stretch, what what are my expectations? I said, win your AFC games. You know, that Thursday night matchup short week against NFC opponent in San Francisco, okay. But look at this schedule, and you tell me why they can't win their AFC games. That should be the bar. If they're really getting guys healthy and back and trickling in healthy, they, they they need to do more than just play okay, even even if they drop some games. They, there's got to be some momentum going to the postseason. So it's Jacksonville here. It's Miami here in Nashville. And no, it's, it's Pittsburgh. It's, oh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh away. first. Pittsburgh's offense is pathetic and anemic. Yes. Their defense gave up 31 points to Cincinnati and allowed Joe Mixon to run all over them. We just saw this Titans run game run for 270 against one of the top defenses in the league. Without Derrick Henry. Point being, you can put up yards against Pittsburgh. They need to be able to put up points. And not fumble. They won't have A.J. Brown for that game. The earliest they could get A.J. Brown back is the Thursday night game on December 23rd against the 49ers. And so the AFC games, Houston... At Pittsburgh, uh, sorry, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh at Houston, Miami. Miami's in there Miami. too. They Miami. end sorry. the season against. So they got four. Yeah. San Francisco's the only NFC game. And I'd say if you win three, I mean, you win three of those, you're you're winning the you're you're clinched. Oh, it's guaranteed. Yeah, and, and clinching is not a problem. You're going to win. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I, think you so. would. You should win three of those, and and uh, ideally the Colts would lose those two tough games. I mean, you've got a lot of wiggle room there still. A lot of wiggle room there. But the Titans, look, Miami's become a tougher team. That's not a gimme anymore. Frankly, Jacksonville, Houston should be gimmies. So there should be at least two gimme wins on the Titans' schedule remaining. No matter who they have available, anything like that, they should win those two games. Former Tennessee running back Tyon Evans has announced his destination in the transfer portal. He is headed to Louisville. 
to play for Scott Satterfield and the Cardinals. That happened fast. Yep. yep. Wonder how uh, he knew that Satterfield wanted him so quickly. I don't know. Brent Hubbs told us uh, on this show that he was not going to be academically eligible for a bowl game uh, even before they were bowl eligible. So I think his time but eligible to had, enroll had run out. Yes. Okay. How does that work? Interesting. <laughs> so the grading Louisville. scale at Tennessee is different than Louisville? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Louisville not known ah. as a bastion of academic excellence when it comes to their athletes. I only know one person that went to Louisville. Went to a fancy private high school. Louisville not known as a bastion of academics. We are back at it tomorrow. The academia in this studio, always very great. High. Very, yeah. very high. Join us at 6th and Peabody anytime you're in downtown Nashville. Join us tomorrow, 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern, across the Outkick Network. Do not block the box, but please, please lock your locks.